What are you going to be watching for Sunday? And then how do you think it's going to unfold? The biggest thing is this game is going to be won and lost in the trenches. We all know what Winnipeg does and their strength, and they're not going to try and shy away from it. They want to run the ball and be physical with their offensive line. It's really going to be bully ball, and you're going to have to show up with your big boy pads on, and you're going to have to try and, for lack of a better term, punch them in the face because that's what Winnipeg is trying to do to you. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Hey, hey. Welcome to a brand new week. It is a daytime sports talk on the air. One half from South Florida, the other from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And isn't that something? That's kind of what the show's going to be for today and, and the week. A mix of sun, snow, hockey, football, and whatever else tickles your fancy. And uh, let's bring in the lovely and talented co-host of the program, the Moose, Darren DuPont, the cleanly shaved, shorn, CEO, hey, what's with the Jets gear, brother? I didn't have any Bombers gear, so I wore my Jets gear. How about, How about that? that? Hey, I thought it was appropriate. That? You're all I'm about like, all about Winnipeg. Winnipeg today. That's right. Yeah, I love it. Well, hello, Winnipeg. Congratulations to all of Manitoba, where they enjoy the program daily on Game Plus Television, carried on the Bell MTS cable package. We are live across all ten provinces in Canada and 31 states in the U.S. and live around the world on YouTube. Hey. It's, it's going to be a lot of football today. It's a very big day in Canada. The, the Canadian football season is officially over, what with the exciting conclusion in overtime of the 180, uh, 108th Grey Cup on Sunday. And we got a very special guest. It was a last-minute guest. And I thank producer Clark for uh, the jam and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to get this done. Adam Bighill is going to be joining us from Burlington, Ontario, the team's hotel in about an hour and a half, Moose just before they catch a flight home to Winnipeg for what will be, I'm sure, a raucous, wild affair in the Manitoba capital. So that's all coming up, Biggie. But also in hour one, Robert Vanstone, the esteemed Rob Vanstone, post-media Hall of Fame columnist. He'll have some thoughts on a lot of the things we're going to talk about here today. And uh, also Canadian football Hall of Famer Nick Lewis will be with us. But uh, Darren, before we go any further, I'm interested to get your take on this. The Great Western weekend photo album great western brewing company let's have a look at what all of our weekends entailed and i'm not sure what all you guys weekends entailed but we're gonna have a look at it here and we invite our viewers to uh submit their photos this was me watching great cup sunday the great brian williams i'm brian williams hanging it up after however many years i don't think they said 50 60 years <laughs> broadcasting with tsn and cbc i got a tear in my eye i got choked up moose did you did you watch the yeah. tribute to brian williams of course. I'm Brian Un Williams. Unbelievable. He's one of the greatest ever. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever was speaking, I can't remember who they said, his fascination with time zones, the time and times. They brought it up. Yeah. 9.30 here in Victoria. That makes it 12.27 in Newfoundland. That's pretty <laughs> good. I got choked up. Yeah. Oh, can we move on before I lose it again? That's my Grey Cup Saturday. In the Florida Keys. First time Moose ever kayaking. Okay. Ever. I picked the do? Florida Keys to do it. Uh, well, I'm still feeling it. Let's put it that way. But as the general manager of the Tri-City Americans hockey team said to me, Bob Corey, he wrote in on my Instagram. He goes, no life jacket. I said, correct. The water's like four feet deep. I'm look pretty at, sure I could have rolled out of the boat. And look at up. the left of that photo. There's a little dark spot right behind the boat. It kind of just looks like a gator or something's coming out of the water. Probably kinda, was. Kind of freaks me was. out a little bit. 
Okay, and here's my weekend. This my weekend's your, your Friday. Yeah, my weekend started Friday night calling the uh, Pats game. Um, it was Teddy Bear Toss night. So that was cool. Everybody threw their stuffed animals. And it's changed, Rod. The Teddy Bear Toss has evolved. There was a stuffed fish on the ice. There was a ice. stuffed alligator on the ice. And then a bunch of bears, obviously. So that was Friday. Saturday was in Saskatoon at the Rush game, which... Guess what? It was Teddy Bear Toss there, too, at the uh, Rush game. But that was Perfect. their home opener. Good crowd, fun atmosphere. Awesome to be back. Good to see everybody uh, around the Blades and the Rush organization. So well done. That was really cool. And then this is where I watched the uh, Grey Cup. Snapped that from my Instagram in front of the Christmas tree. When the Grey Cup comes out, it's always special. So that was my weekend. Love it. Love it. Well, we invite our viewers to uh, send their photos in as well, courtesy of the Great Western Brewing Company weekend photo album. Extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. And I don't know if you saw the tweets, but there was a lot of our viewers that said uh, the RP show tipped the scales. They got Great Western Pilsner to, for their Great Cup party on Sunday because of this show. So I thank those that did that uh, leading off uh, Tank Abbott and Estevan. He started something. Okay. Can we hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Please and thank you. We're already five minutes into segment one, so I suspect this is going to carry over into segment two. And as I said, a lot of football, a lot of hockey, and some lacrosse here in this whole quick six show topic thing here, Moose. But we got to start with the 108th Grey Cup, which aired on ESPN2. It's never perfect, of course. The entire Grey Cup Sunday pregame show actually aired on ESPN News, but they kept flashing 109th Grey Cup, 109th Grey Cup. I'm like, you're a little ahead, boys. But that's okay. At least they were showing it. And then in the game, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-25 in overtime to repeat as Grey Cup champions. Zach Caleros, the Cincinnati Bearcat alum, threw a 13-yard touchdown pass to Darvin Adams in overtime. Kyrie Wilson, bomber linebacker, sealed Winnipeg's victory by intercepting Hamilton's Jeremiah Masoli, an Ole Miss product whose pass deflected off two defenders on the ensuing possession. So we got to spend a minute here on this Grey Cup game. And I know that we had a lot of our American viewers were watching the game on American TV. It was scintillating. It was perfect temperatures. It was yep. probably high 40s in Fahrenheit. It was a high single-digit Celsius. So the field conditions were perfect. The game was great. Listen, I even feel like an idiot talking about it, Darren, because we're going to have Adam Big Hill come on an hour, too. Everybody wants to hear from Big Hill. Most outstanding defensive player in the league and star linebacker for Winnipeg. But here, here's my thinking. When I said in my morning commentary, Darren, that I didn't care who won, it's not because I'm like, oh, I don't care. No, I'll be happy with either side winning. Primarily for Jeff Reinbold on the Hamilton side, their special teams coordinator and good friend of ours. And then a lot of our friends on the Winnipeg Blue Bomber side of things. But more than anything, I was cheering for Winnipeg. We got a lot of viewers there. And I was happy for them. But let's just not forget, early fourth quarter, Hamilton was up 12 points. And I tweeted, hey, if Hamilton wins this thing, because they have the longest drought in the league for a championship, the next longest team is Montreal. And I had Ticats fans writing me going, you're jinxing it. Why would you do that? Because I can. I'm pretty sure me sitting here in South Florida tweeting about the winner of this game is not going to affect what's happening out there. So, and then, of course, sorry, but they blow it. And um, it Tim White, the returner, conceded a rouge, made a two-point game, a three-point game. Did he cost them the – Did he, with two minutes to go, giving up a single point on the kickoff, did he cost the Ticats the game, Darren? Yes. Yay. I know. I don't want – like, 
I saw it on social compared to the 13th man. I don't know if this is quite the same because when he does that, there's no result in doubt. It doesn't change the result. It does, you know, in that moment, it's not like you had the game won. Now, it affected the outcome, absolutely, pretty well after, but they still have to go down the field. You know, but equally as, as wild as, as that was not getting in from the five-yard line at the end. You had, you had chances. You know, you need to score there. But you know what? If he doesn't take the single. And my question, too, is it looked like there was room. And they said on the broadcast that there was room for him to run, too. So I don't think it was a massive field position advantage he was getting by kneeling it down. Usually that's the case. And people are talking mm-hmm. about, you know, who would have called this in? They should be fired. And he listened to them. Whoever gave him the instruction to kneel down. Well, nobody gave him the instruction to kneel down. But you're just kind of in your head in this Canadian football that when it goes into the end zone, you take the single because they don't want to get the single. They want to pin you deep. And you don't care about a single point because you want the better field position. Well, situationally in that game, when it's a two-point game, and you have a chance to win with a field goal, that's really tough. There was no reason to take the single on that one. That was, that was tough to swallow. Those are some of our Grey Cup thoughts, but we're going to be spending a lot on that throughout this uh, program today, over two hours on daytime sports talk because it was the last game of the CFL season. But to hockey in point two, the National Hockey League has postponed the Calgary Flames' next three games after six players and a staff member entered the league's COVID-19 protocol over a 24-hour period. The Flames announced this morning that forwards Elias Lindholm, Andrew Mangiapani, Brad Richardson, and Adam Ruzica and defenseman Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov were in the protocol. Postponed games include tonight's game at Chicago, Tuesday's game at Nashville, and Thursday's home game against Toronto. And uh, today's poll question was Clark's idea, and I think it's a good one. In light of this, does the NHL send players to the Olympics in Beijing, China, and I put the poll up less than an hour ago. At this point, 67% of respondents saying, no, the NHL won't send their players to the Olympics. And uh, I don't Do we have enough of a sample size, Clark, on YouTube for what is it? 61% yes, Darren. So I guess so, I'll spend a minute on that. We got a lot of time here in the warm-up. And then you're going to vacate for a lot of the show when Rob Vanstone and Nick Lewis come in and Adam Big Hill too. So listen, for me, the last Olympics did not have NHLers, right? I am right. 50-50. Knowing NHL players the way that I do, sorry to say, a lot of them will be like, are we getting paid? No, you're not. Uh, then I don't want to go. Would I? That's just my sense. And when you throw COVID into it, why would we go? Represent the country? Eh, we can do that in other international competition i would vote no the players don't go to beijing and not i don't not that any of that has anything to do with what's happened with the calgary flames here but that's our poll question today for capital automall universal collision center what's your thoughts on that i disagree now i don't know the players as well as you do but i would think they want to go i would think nemet now again i'm i'm generalizing because i'm not talking about this specific olympics i think the olympics matter and i and i really I wasn't too into the hockey when, I mean, I was still into it. It's Canada. It's the Olympics. I'm into it. 
but it's it needs to have the NHL players. I really believe that. That's that's what I know. That's what I think it should be. The best on best all the time. And I think playing for your country matters. I think the players you see it on the ice and their reactions. Twenty ten, you saw it. I think it matters. Um, now with COVID and everything, do I think they'll go? I'm probably in the middle. I think you got a lot of players who will say, yeah, I'll go. I'm not worried. I'll be safe. I'll follow the protocols. We're in. But you'll get some players who will be like, it's not worth it right now. You know, we missed one Olympics. Let's just miss another one, and we'll be back the next time. So I, I don't know where, the, where they'll go on the Olympics, but uh, yeah, it's starting to become a little bit of a concern because we're seeing more of these COVID shutdowns pop up. We've got a lot of viewers here, and uh, somebody just wrote in, Mark with a C, and he says, good, solid point, Darren. You generally understand me. What did I say to you on the phone this morning? Darren, you don't understand me totally, but you understand me better than most. Yeah. But you misunderstood what I was saying there. And that is, this is not a normal Olympics. A normal Olympics, yes, they all want to play and represent their country. In this environment, with COVID and everything that they're going through, add to the, are we being paid? Again, like you drop lists of... Pro- Pros and cons. Yeah. There's more cons than pros to going to Beijing this year. Does that clarify more of so my It's kind of like going that? into the mine, right? Like, you know, we see it around here in the potash mines. It's like, okay, I'm going to go underground and breathe all that eight hours a day. Am I getting some danger pay for this? Right? It's a little different circumstance than just going into the uh, sixth floor on the office building, right? I get it for sure. Totally. Right. Uh, Jack Fulton watching in Alberta. Says, says a lot of ifs and buts in the 108th Grey Cup as far as why Hamilton didn't win or should have won, but they didn't win. Congratulations to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. For sure. And, you know, with uh, we'll be sitting here all day talking about the Grey Cup, which is fine. On that comparison to the 13th man, believe me, I get it because for the viewers that don't know, very last play of the game, my team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, got caught with too many men on the field. They had the game won, then got flagged for having too many men. Subsequent play, they lost. Oh! And as the players said to me on that team, Rod, if anybody ever says to you that a football game doesn't come down to one play, you can tell them they're full of beep. So I guess they're saying this particular instance came down to one play. It's interesting because I was talking to some football guys this morning about this sort of was white instructed to give up the single by the coaching staff. And then you saw after the game, Orlando Steinauer, the head coach saying, um, we gave him the option to bring it out or not. <laughs> Thanks. It tremendous coach that Orlando Steinauer. There's no two ways about it, but really tell them what you want him to do. It's a championship game. And it made a two point game, a three point game. That tells I'm me they didn't you say anything. The game. Yeah, probably. And and they're and they're sick. Which, again, one of the coaches I talked to today, he's in the states, but he was watching the game and he goes, "Well, I don't know whether Orlando told him to or not, but did you see him after? He looked like he'd been shot. He looked stunned." Yeah, Orlando Steinauer. So it's not exactly taking the blame off the kid. It's his choice. We told him, "You do what you want to do." Gee, well, thanks. A lot of times in life and business and in sports, you know, we're sitting there as a coach. We know, we see it. Okay, he's going to bring this out. We're going to be okay. Jeremiah, you're going to have roughly, you know, this much time, couple minutes, less than a couple minutes. You'll be at your, you know, 15, 20 yard line. He's not bringing it out, you know? 
And you just assume that everybody's thinking the same way you are. And they've, you know, understood the situation and everything else. And, you know, in that situation, now coaches are going to, you know, be a little bit more apt to say, do you know what you're doing on this play? Do you always know what you're doing? Sometimes you just trust guys or you just assume that they know. And I'm not saying that's what necessarily what happened, but his reaction kind of tells the story. Orlando's after that play, no doubt. Right. By the way, I told you this last week, I'll say it again today. Every single morning, my feet hit the floor, and I'm excited to do this show. And today has not disappointed. We're only two points into our quick six, so we need to break and come back, and we've got NFL Week 14. I promise to speed it up. Some NHL Sunday highlight games. Connor Bedard making the World Juniors team at 16 years of age. NLL from the weekend, National Lacrosse League. And we got to talk about Bo Levi Mitchell on the TSN panel of the Grey Cup. That's seven topics, okay? Yes. We got a lot to get to when we come back, along with Rob Vanstone, Nick Lewis, and Adam Big Hill. You're watching the RP Show. It's daytime sports talk on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.